What's up and welcome back to a new season of the 4 Men podcast. Uh, we are on our third season now and it's honestly been such a fun journey. You know, we started about a year and a half ago and I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of amazing people, a lot of awesome family members, and I'm excited to have a new season where I'm interviewing uh, a lot of my good friends. Hopefully, we're going to be doing a lot of more, a lot more in-person interviews, and thankfully today, I got one of my best friends with me. So this new season is going to be where I'm talking with uh, some of my best guy friends, and um, yeah, just kind of hoping it's more you know, conversational instead of really uh, an interview. So really excited to welcome my good friend Parker to my podcast today. Parker, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Man, so stoked to have you. So if you uh, are looking at Parker, he is a um, married man. He is uh, one of my best friends from college. He's managing Buck Commander now, which is a a pretty big feat. So I'm really happy to have him on the podcast and talk about faith and fitness and uh, just our friendship and our relationship of how we uh, are just such good friends. That's right. Maybe we'll talk a little hunting too. You know? Maybe we'll talk a little bit hunting. Uh, you know, uh, we were just talking before the podcast. I uh, I would say I'm officially a, a, a duck hunter. I've only, right. I only went right. like, f- I went five times the last like, I think two, three weeks, two weeks of the, two weeks of the season and I'm uh, officially hooked. Hey, it only takes one good duck hunt to get hooked. That's so true. That's Everyone always true. says it's the most... What what's the uh, it's the most expensive thing to be addicted to or something like it, that? Yes, not far off. Yeah, yeah. and this, the gun, the yeah. equipment, the boat. You know, it just yeah. keeps adding on. This is this is like it's it's kind of like not really appropriate. But someone commented on my post like you're addicted to, to the quack, and it just made me laugh so hard because <laughs> uh, I had never heard anyone right, say that. Right? Have you ever heard that? No, I have not actually. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> I never heard was, that in like sixth grade. I was like, well, I don't want to like. No, they were. In their thirties, okay, gotcha. uh, <laughs> they're older. But I was like, I've never heard anyone say that. So I don't, I don't know how uh, that would go if I said that to Phil. I don't know if he would think that was funny. Uh, maybe he would. So hey, you never know. I might, I might give it a shot. Well, Parker, for those listening who uh, you know, maybe some people know who you are, maybe some people don't. How how are you different in high school compared to to compared to you know being different in college? Right. I would say. I mean, I, I like to say that the Lord interrupted my story early on to kind of save me from the college craziness. Yeah. Because I feel like once you get into college, your decisions, like the consequences get a lot, yeah. a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, so God really met me when I was 17, kind of going into my senior high school. I would kind of gotten in with the bad crowd, hanging out with girls I shouldn't be, you know, things like that. And yeah. he really opened my eyes and showed me how much of a better better life it is following him and, and surrendering those things. So I was very, very fortunate to – to kind of to see the light, if you will, before I got to college. Mm-hmm. And then also staying in Auburn, I already had the church that I was going to. So that community was really, really big. Yeah. Well, how do you feel like, because I know that, and you might you might say different, but mm-hmm. I, I would kind of say similarly. Because when we're in high school, I would say that we both and I had the best friend groups. Right, for sure. Yeah. So how do you feel like having a stronger community in college helped your faith compared to you know, not having the best group when you were in high school. Right. No, for sure. I mean, I remember our pastor used to say it a lot, but, you know, he's like, show me your five best friends and I'll show you your future. I mean, it's pretty popular to say yeah. that. But, um, no, I mean, it made all the difference in the world. I yeah. think that's one of the hardest decisions I had to make early on when I decided to follow Jesus was who I was hanging around because I had these guys I grew up with who are great dudes and stuff like that. But it just wasn't good for me to continue to be around them because it was going to pull me down. So I saw, I mean, that was, if not the biggest thing that helped, really changed my life yeah sustain me in my faith you know it's yeah. easy to make a decision on a sunday or mm-hmm. at a youth camp or something like that but 
that community is what's going to sustain you. But it takes a lot of time. It takes intention, yeah. you know, to hang out with those people, to seek out those people. And like you said, we joined community groups and Bible studies together. We weren't just, you know, watching football or whatever. Yeah. You know, it, it takes a lot of intentionality. Yeah. So, so how do you feel like you do, you know, kind of break off of that? Because I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. ask those questions of, you know, I'm starting to get serious with my faith and the people that I'm hanging out with aren't the best group, but I don't want to come across hypocritical or cynical or judgmental. So you kind of like still try to pursue, you know, your faith, but then you also, you know, you still want to have those friendships. And it's almost like you have the mindset of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, now that I'm on fire, I'm going to, you know, go convert them. Right. And a lot of times it doesn't happen. You know, so in For some sure. cases it's it hard. does. Yeah. So how do you feel like you did it to where it didn't come across as hypocritical? Man, I, you know, I, I know I tried my best. I can't say I handled it perfectly for sure. I'm yeah. sure that some of those people did see me that way. I remember one specific conversation. I was supposed to live with a couple of guys freshman year, and uh, I got to the middle of my senior year of high school, and I realized I was like, hey, if I live with these guys, like that's not going to be a good environment to live in. So I basically just had to have a hard conversation with them and say that I just felt like our, our lives were going a different direction, you know. And they, they saw that. I think it was hard for them to see that at the time. But I think still being like – still, I still, you know, pursued them. I still asked to hang out. Yeah. You know, maybe it wasn't on Friday and Saturday night, yeah. you know, when things were going on. Yeah. I think just being intentional with them because I think if you do just say, hey, I don't want to be around you anymore, that can send off that, hey, you know, I'm better yeah. than you judgmental thing. Yeah. But I think there is a way to like hang out with them. You pray for them. You want to see them, but maybe not in the places that you used to hang out. Yeah. If that, cause that was the trigger, at least for me. Yeah. So for those listening, I think Parker's probably the only person I know that was a senior in high school that would have been doing that to relationships. <laughs> you know, no one's that mature when they're 17, 18, you know, to like actually sit down and be intentional with guys. At least I wasn't. I mean, you know. Tough. I mean, there was plenty of friendships where, you know, in high school, I kind of had to break off of things that I knew was kind of leading me down um, a bad direction. It's not maybe a bad direction, like you said, just kind of more enticing and kind of just more mm-hmm. things that would lead me to stumble in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Even when I got to college, you know, I formed a group early on. The same thing. It was like good people, but simple decisions that would make me stumble or yeah. that wouldn't, you know, that wasn't calling me out for things that I was saying that I was doing when I shouldn't mm-hmm. have been doing it. Um, so, I mean, that's just, I, I did not know that story of you when you were a senior in high school, like making that decision. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's still one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have, you know, cause I yeah. love those guys. They were, I mean, childhood friends, spend every day with them until that point. But yeah, it's really cool to see like, I'm still friends with them. Like yeah. we still talk. If, if I'm back in town, like we're still hanging out and stuff. So I think, you know, there's a way to do it. It's really hard, but, kind of coming back to that community piece, I did have older men around me that were really giving me wisdom that suggested those things. I think that's another key piece of that is not only having people your age yeah. that are going to call you higher and that are going to hold you accountable, but having guys that are a lap ahead of you that have mm-hmm. been through college that can tell you, hey, this is how things are going to be. Who you surround yourself with is going to really determine where you go. So yeah, obviously your church is the best place to find that in most cases, but I think that's such a key piece. Yeah. Not only have we been in bad friendship circles at, at times in our life, but we've also been in, uh, you know, dangerous workout habit patterns, I guess you yeah. could say. Mm-hmm. You know, th- things that just led to idolizing and just super unhealthy. Um, 
habits that we, that we had formed. So if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening, Parker's wearing a jacket. He's super jacked, um, <laughs> super big arms. <laughs> but we both went through seasons and you know a, a decent wild time periods of where yeah it we did find our identity our identity in that mm-hmm. and it was addicting and mm-hmm. at least for me when I was super caught up in working out it just made me a lot more sinful like when I was kind of finding my identity in it my when I was finding my identity in it mm-hmm. and when I was super just obsessed with like having a good physique it made yeah. me just be more worldly mm-hmm. so for you going from high school to college and even to where you're at now how have you grown in kind of weaning off that you know finding your identity in fitness but also being in a place now where you're healthy and you're bigger now probably maybe than you were then mm-hmm, definitely like you're in better shape yeah i mean i would like to start out with saying that how i got into working out was you know i was probably sixth or seventh grade and i was just a small scrawny kid you know and i didn't want to mm-hmm. people would make comments about it and i was insecure so I was and like, you didn't okay. play sports and i didn't play sports yeah, yeah. so i was like hey i need something to yeah. do for me right yeah so i started working out you know to look better and and kind of things you start being interested in girls and stuff you want to look good yeah. but it definitely became an idol to me it definitely became something I was consumed with, just how I looked and, and just that working out scene. You it's, know? E- it's, yeah. It's, I mean, if, if you, if you surround yourself with guys that are having the same mindset, it's easy to just to get sucked into it. It is. It is. It's, it's unhealthy. So I, I, I took about maybe a year, year and a half from working out, period. And uh, I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but I just feel like that was what was healthy for me. Most, it was like senior year and kind of part of freshman year, just like, hey, I need to just take a step back to really grow and mature, to be able to come back and do it in a healthy way. And I think it just took that time in my heart to go, okay, this is – working out's great. It's great for your mental health. It's great. It's important to be physically, obviously, the scripture yeah. that this whole thing is based around. It's important. Yeah. But it's not everything. It's not going to fulfill, you know, bigger biceps. Yeah. It, it feels in the moment like it's going to satisfy, but it's yeah. not. Or a girl making a comment about you yeah. isn't going to satisfy like you think it will. And I think it just takes those things. And even now, like, I try to do small things because I do work out regularly. It's like, okay, I'm not going to wear a tank top or something like that. Because mm-hmm. then it just it makes you look at yourself more. It just To me, it eggs on that oh, for sure. spirit, I guess, if you yeah. will. Um, and so it just I try to be careful. You see, yeah. it's, it's not like the struggle's gone yeah. now. Like, yeah. no, if, you saw, if you saw me walk into the gym <laughs> with a tank top, you would be like, either him and Sadie are having problems <laughs> – or like you would be like he's not in a good spot right now. Yeah. Like I just I mean unless I'm like at my house in the like in a gym like you know mm-hmm. in my house. If I walked in a public gym wearing a tank, this is just for me. I'm not right. judging anyone. Else that was me too. It. Yeah. Yeah. I just if if I were to see myself in the mirror, I would be like, I don't know what you're doing because like you know what what whatever has led to this is probably not a good thing. Right. It's just for me personally. Yeah. Because think about it. Most people. I mean, I speak from experience. You're wearing a tank top because you want people to look at you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You want to just think of look, think about how good you look. And, yeah. like, those things are going to feed what you don't – like, that's going to feed a bad thing yeah. in, your, in your heart. Yeah, for sure. Well, even when you talk about bigger biceps, you know, it's like even with social media now, you know, you think you're in really good shape. Then you see someone else who might be bigger than you. Then you're like, oh, man, well, you know, I want to look like that. But then little do you know that could be edited or that person right. could be on Not even real. testosterone yeah. or steroids mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it's like – like you said, it becomes this pattern of like trying to fill this void that really can never be filled because there's always going to be something that you're chasing. Mm-hmm. It's super unhealthy if yeah. you can't be content with where you're at and realize that you're doing it, like you said, to 
to better your mental health, to better your, you know, your, your spirit, your faith. Um, it just, even just because it's fun, you know, working out is fun, yeah. but if you're doing it to fill a void that you feel like it's going to fill, it's never going to satisfy that. So if you've been listening to our podcast for a while now, then you've heard me talk about AG1 in the past. And Athletic Greens is something that I've been taking for about a year and a half, maybe even two years now, close to this point. And it's something that I take in the mornings. It's uh, been a part of my morning routine for a while now. And uh, it helps me with my workouts. It helps give me energy. It helps give me uh, focus. It helps improve my digestion. And I really do feel like it helps with my lifts, with my cardio, with whatever I'm doing for the day, uh, or even if I'm having a rest day, just it improves my uh, my mood, my energy, and like I said, digestion with all the things that I know that I need. And I feel like it makes my performance better in the gym and uh, just in life in general. So typically, if my schedule allows it, I love to work out in the mornings. And before I go to the gym, that's when I'll take my AG1. I'll take it um, just before I head out to the gym. It gives me energy. It improves um, so much my digestion. And like I said, I don't like taking pills or vitamins. And it's really funny. So I've mentioned before that my family loves it. My dad takes it. My mom's been taking it. Um, but now I've got someone else on the train, my neighbor, who's also one of my friends, heard me talking about it on my podcast. And he asked if I had any extra for him to try. So I gave him a travel pack sample. He tried it. He loved it. So now he ordered it for himself and he's been taking it faithfully. So what's actually in this stuff, though? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. And what I also love about AG1 is that it's lifestyle-friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it fits in that lifestyle. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. It also supports better sleep quality and recovery. But you don't have to just take my word for it. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's recommended by professional athletes and also trusted by leading health experts. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water each day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash huff. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash huff to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I made a great comment earlier about how, you know, struggling one thing like idolizing your physique or fitness can lead to other struggles. Mm-hmm. And I thought about how, I mean, think about, you know, Genesis, Exodus and the Old Testament when they had literal idols, right? Yeah. Statues and things like that. Anytime that there would be a time of reform, you know, right, when a new king would come in or a new judge or whoever it was, was like, hey, we're going to, we're going to follow God again. We're going to remove these idols. It was never really just one idol. Like it was like, hey, we're going to, yeah. we're going to move this idol and this one. Like it was I like idol worship breeds idol worship. Yeah. You know, like good. if you crack the door open on something, because like you said, it's like we're just looking to fill a void. Yeah. And only Christ can fill. So when we go to other things, it just, oh, well, that didn't satisfy. So I got to try something else. That didn't satisfy. Yeah. So I got to add in something yeah, else. Yeah, that's so true. Know? Yeah. For me, it's like, because, um, well, I will, I, I will, I will kind of preface it and say when I was a sophomore in college, I got super into working out, but I was still following Jesus strongly. So this, Kind of what I'm kind of referencing, kind of more so maybe ties back to freshman year, maybe late in high school when I, when I did start to work out. If I, like I said, if the goal was to look better, a lot of times what you said, it kind of breeds other idols. At that time in my life, I really wanted to be in good shape. I was 
going to the gym and more than likely listening to secular music. Mm-hmm. So I was worshiping that. I was also addicted to pornography. So filling a void with like worldly, 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 while also still wanting to like go to church and potentially lead a Bible study, you know, yeah. it, you can only do that for so long to where the two just can't, like they don't, they don't mesh, you know, mm-hmm. they butt heads so abruptly. And like you said, for me, when what, like being addicted to one thing ultimately just let me being addicted to another, to another thing mm-hmm. because it's not going to fill you or satisfy you. So it's like if I'm addicted to working out, then I'm going to be addicted to checking myself out. If I'm addicted to checking myself out, I'm going to be addicted to listening to songs that are built about myself mm-hmm. and you know me doing what I want to do. But and me doing what I want to do is going to make me be addicted to something that focuses only on me mm-hmm. for me which is pornography right so it just keep it's like you just keep it's like a it's just a slippery slope of you know you start with the one thing and you just slowly just keep digressing um yeah but i love i love that with genesis and nexus because it's so true oftentimes it was not just one idol right you know it's yeah. maybe started with one but then that bred to so many other things definitely yeah so for us um you know, we always say we had the best friend group in college. I mean, for sure. You know, we we really did have just the best group of dudes. Besides me and Parker, we had ten other people that were super solid. Um, yeah, we had Bible studies, we had prayer nights, um, and you know, for me, that was super beneficial. Obviously, we had an awesome church. You know, our pastor is one of our best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, collectively, um, but just having guys on the regular that we could, you know, meet with, talk with. Um, just do life with that we're pursuing that we're pursuing the same things. It was the first time in my life that I'd ever had that. So I didn't have that, you know, mm-hmm. middle school or high school or early on in college, really when I got established in college is kind of when we when I had that when I had that that firm foundation. Um and for you, how do you feel like having such a strong group led you throughout college and ultimately, you know, to you getting married and then now being, you know, two mm-hmm. and a half years into marriage. How do you feel like having a strong group of guys around you has helped you um, just to kind of do life the way that you're doing life. Right, for sure. I mean, I think the community has been the biggest reason just for endurance in the faith, like for me, you know, because obviously, as you know very well, the enemy wants us to think that we're isolated, that we're the only ones struggling with what we're struggling Mm -hmm. with. Because here's the thing, like, you start following Jesus, Oh, this is awesome. And then you quickly realize all these struggles that you have, all of these things you need to walk through. Trials are going to happen. Things that you don't yeah. see coming are going to happen, right? Pain, the people you love, right? All kind of stuff. I know there's a lot of stuff that I didn't see coming that's happened, good and bad. And you need people around you to be able to be your strength in those times. Obviously, the Lord is your ultimate strength, but mm-hmm. He can use those people to encourage you, to pray for you, to give you you know, wisdom when you need it, you know, those kind of things. It's just yeah. if we're if we're on our own, we're we're gonna fail. And I think the Bible makes that pretty clear. Mm-hmm. You know, that this community is essential to sustaining in the faith. And I think that's what's helped me to continue to go on because I've had high seasons and low seasons. Yeah. But the group of, I've been able to keep a good group of guys around me that when I've been in a great spot and a bad spot, have been able to say, Hey, you need to mm-hmm. you need to change this and you do this and you get your crap together. Yeah, or encourage me, and things like that. And now in marriage, I think arguably it's even more important to have oh, that community sure. because um, 
things that don't necessarily get any easier when you get married, yeah. right? We asked, we still need yeah. the guys. Yeah, yeah. Str- yeah, struggles just shift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they sure. do. And yeah, and just as you know, marriage to me just amplifies at least your awareness of your sin because you have mm-hmm. someone so much closer to you. Yeah, so you, you're selfish, constantly pointing it out. Yeah, right. Like if you're in being a, in, selfish, in a, in a like way, yeah. yeah, no, in a great yeah, way. Yeah. If you're being selfish, like you're in college, you can just go home. Like you don't mm-hmm. really impact anybody else sometimes. Yeah. But in marriage, it does. Yeah, you know, and those kind of things. Yeah. So yeah, I think sometimes too, because because like you said, and me and you, really, I would say out of our friend group, we were kind of the first ones to enter into, you know, dating seriously, mm-hmm. getting engaged, um, which was hard. Getting married, which was harder because a lot yeah. of our friends, you know, didn't really fully understand it, and we have a, yeah, like every. We have every mutual friend together, you know? So we kind of, we really did walk through it together. Which was awesome. But I do know, you know, like you said, when you're single, you know, you primarily have all the things that that most guys struggle with, you know? And then when you get married, the playing field does shift a little bit. And I think sometimes we can neglect those friendships and maybe act like it's not as important. And for some people who might be listening, if you're, you know, stepping into a new season of engagement or marriage, like, yes, you're future spouse is your most important priority but at the same time your friendships are a lot of at least for me was what got you to a spot to be able to be in that relationship Mm. you know if i did not have the foundation of of our guys in those seasons then when me and sadie met it would have i would not have been as confident or as secure yeah, yeah, yes, yes, in Christ, but also just from a friendship perspective of having guys around me to encourage me, to uplift me, and also to challenge me in life. So how do you feel like, how do you feel like, yes, friendships do change when you enter into a season of mm-hmm. getting engaged and getting married, but also at the same time still clinging to how important it is and not to neglect it? Because I think sometimes people yeah. can just, I don't want to say turn their back on those friendships, but, you know, not prioritize them as much because they're prioritizing their spouse or their fiance or girlfriend which mm-hmm. is important but the more the but at the same time the more you prioritize this it's going to help you prioritize this more exactly if, if if that makes sense yeah no it is a struggle because actually you start dating somebody you have less time yeah because like, we only have so many hours in the day right mm-hmm. you start dating somebody it's serious it's important to you. you're going to have less time to hang out with the guys and that's hard right in college it was for us i know yeah. But um, I think that that's still very important to, to navigate through, you know, because you still need those friends. But you obviously, you're not going to continue on in a relationship if you don't prioritize that mm-hmm. and spend time on it, things like that. So um, I know it was, a, it was a challenge for us, but having those good guys around us was really, was really key. And again, like I said earlier, having community that was also already married was huge too because they were able to speak to the season that we're in and kind of knew what we were going through too. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about community, and I kind of want to shift because, you know, I think a lot of people listening um, might be in a season where you are about to move to a new place or you, um, you're currently yeah. living in a new space. And I was, I was kind of a little different. I grew up in the same city, f- town, whatever, for 17 years. Then I went to college and then did college. Now I moved, you know, here. But you grew up in the same city yeah. for 23, yeah, 24, yeah. 23, 24 years, yeah. having a super solid community and then picking up and leaving it, but also still you know, being tied to that community, but now you're in a new place. So what do you feel like, you know, how do you feel like you've 
adjusted to moving in a new place and really just what advice do you have for people that are, you know, moving, moving somewhere new that are kind of leaving their, that old community to find a new community, but also still being with that community. Cause we still talk to our friends all the for time. Sure. We're just not necessarily doing life with them every day. Right. You know, so how do you, how have you kind of adapted to the community part and how do you feel like maybe even your relationship with God has changed from being in a place where you were comfortable Yep. Being in the and being in the place to being in a new, to being in a, in a new place. I like what you said about being comfortable because we were very comfortable, yeah. even more so for me. I grew up there my whole life. Church was awesome, all that like super plugged in, but it was easy to get just too yeah. comfortable. And uh, so I think it was honestly been the best thing for us to move here to get out of that to go. Okay, we want to really plug in with people, and honestly, we've been really really the best by you guys and our friends here that have just loved us so well that have been awesome. You know, we never would have thought. We would have been felt so connected so quickly, but that took time. That took intention. You yeah. know, like you move to a new place, like I'm gonna go to church two weeks in a row, and then you know go get coffee with a few guys, and I'm gonna have community. Like, yeah, no, like we've been here eight or nine months. Like, it takes time, but it's easy to want to give up. I feel like when you move to a new place because you don't see results quickly. But think about it. We were in college for four years. It took four years to build those friendships, to mm-hmm. to make those memories of people growing up. Same thing. Like it just takes time, and it's hard coming out of college. A lot, a lot for a lot of people that are at least like us, where you did have such a great community and such a great church. Like, man, I just want to go back to that. I just want to go back to that. You keep calling those friends, and and they said that's great. Yeah, I feel like that does keep some people from growing and moving on because they're just. Every three days, they're calling their best friend from back home. Yeah. And again, that's good. Yeah. It is great. You should be. Yeah. But it can kind of keep you from, hey, maybe you could have gone to dinner with somebody in your young professional group or your young married group or whatever that it is and help you build community here. Yeah. But again, it, it takes time and intention. And I think the big thing is just not giving up when it's a few months in and maybe you don't feel yeah connected. Like, hey, yeah. you've been there 90 days. Like, you're yeah. not going to feel connected. Mm-hmm. Automatically, yeah. Because for me, when you know, when we were living in Auburn, in majority of college, we were single, and at least for me, when I was single, I, I, I'm not gonna say I was closer to God when I was single than I am now, um, but relationally, my relationship with God has changed a lot more, just because when we were single, we had, you know, a lot more free time, whether to go read more or pray more or you know, go to worship nights more. Like we just had more free time. Mm-hmm. And for me now, you know, being a husband, being a father to one. Almost two. Almost one, another one in the womb. <laughs> um, You know, that to be a family of four. Like I have less time, but at the same time, my relationship with God can still be just as strong. It just ha- It just might look a little different. So for you moving from Auburn and like we kind of said, just being comfortable, how do you feel like, like, yes, the, the community aspect has adapted. How do you feel like mm-hmm. you've even adapted in your relationship with God? Well, one, it's just getting married, and two, being married, moving to a new place. Yeah, I feel like marriage, I mean, it obviously changes it completely. Uh-huh. I mean, I think even Paul talks about that, right? He's like, yeah. hey, I, if you could be single like I am, you don't, yeah. you don't have the worries of marriage, yeah. right? So you you do have that. I feel like that's very biblical. Yeah. But being married, I mean, like you said, is – you go from I've only had to be accountable and take care of one person my whole life. Now it's two people, and that's that's a big thing. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. So I feel like for me, it's definitely made me rely more on the Lord mm-hmm. because I needed to. Like, I, without Him, I can't be a good husband. I can't be a good friend. I can't be a faithful employee. 
member yeah. of my church, you know, whatever. But at the same time, getting married, having a job, those things bring a lot more distractions mm-hmm. than we had in college. You know, like yeah. I can wake up and spend three hours yeah, in the Word so and in prayer. Yeah. And now I'm like, man, like I have to fight so much harder for that. Yeah. That, man, I have so many distractions. Like I feel like it's something this year I want to get better. I feel like I let a lot of distractions come into my life last year and just not being disciplined, those kind of things. So I feel like it's been good for me to move. It, it helps you kind of reevaluate where you're at because you're not just yeah. – been somewhere for a while. You kind of get in systems. You get in yeah. routines. But the change can be good. You're like, hey, why was I doing that? Oh, just because that's what I always did. Yeah. Right. But now, like, oh, no, I can yeah. I need to change how I'm living. I need to change how I think. I need to change my schedule because yeah. it's not honoring God. I can use my time more effectively. So thankfully, I think marriage, moving, it should make you more dependent on God. Mm-hmm. It should. Or you can just choose to depend on yourself and yeah. you'll crash pretty yeah. quick. But yeah. I think it, it – so which – in turn, should lead to more intimacy with God because mm-hmm. you're having to rely on Him more. Yeah. Is there anything that, like, kind of maybe surprised you? Or, because obviously, you know, for, for for me, it was it was weird and difficult because we were in college mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. Right. And me and Sadie had moved back here with, like, a duffel bag <laughs> because we were like, oh, COVID's going to be, you know, two weeks, whatever. Right. We'll, we'll be college, good. we'll graduate. And then it was each week, it was like, no, you're not going back. School's online. And then it was like graduation's canceled. Y'all, it just kept progressively the getting like worse canceled. and worse and worse. And I was like, you know, we don't have a like, – we like I said, we had a duffel bag because we were like, oh, this is whatever. COVID's mm-hmm. going to be nothing. Then it ended up being a huge thing. Um, so we kind of moved in that weird time. We moved into Will and Corey's guest house. And it was in the awkward time of, you know, the world was shut down. So we moved when – our community, a lot of it was really just our family, mm-hmm. Sadie's family. Um, and it was an interesting transition period. So for y'all, yeah. even just moving in general, are there is there anything that maybe you thought was easier than you thought it was going to be or were there things that was harder than you thought it was going to be? Because I know that, you know, moving is also exciting. Right. But then once you get settled in, it comes with a new set of challenges. Exactly. So yeah. is there anything that you've kind of had to – walk through that maybe you thought was easier than you thought it was going to be and maybe things that was harder than you thought it was yeah. going to be. Yeah. I mean, I would say easier, I mean, would be just being connected, you know, with community. Mm-hmm. You know, just you guys obviously had such a great group already, you know, pretty much established. So super blessed to be able just to kind of become a part of that. Because I didn't expect, you know, a few months in to be like, oh, wow, we feel like we really have our people here. Yeah. Because that takes a lot of time usually. So, again, just for us, it's even more affirmation that this is where God led us to be and wants us to be. And I would say more challenging. Like, I didn't think that it would be hard to be away from my family. Yeah. You know, and it has been harder than I thought. Yeah. You know, um, even before I moved, I was working for my dad, got a lot closer with him and stuff like that. And just my family in general. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just I'll call them. I'll catch up with them. And yeah. they've experienced stuff like that. But yeah. you're close to your family like, like I am. I'd never, I never moved away from them, so I guess I didn't really know what that would be. So I definitely miss them, but it's good. You know, we still yeah. make that work and still be intentional, but I didn't expect that to be a challenge. Yeah. No, that's, that's the same for me. You know, we, you know, like you said, moving to college, I was, you know, not with, not around my parents and then moving here, you know, still not with my parents. And then now we're with Sadie's family a lot of times. So it has been, yeah, yeah like there's definitely been certain challenges of, um, yeah, of kind of navigating through, you know, spending quality time with them, like they were just here this past weekend. Yeah. Um, and still, like, 
because obviously my me and Sid are super close with my family, but we just don't get to see them as much. So being intentional of you know trying to go there once a month, having them come here once a month or every other month, and um, yeah, I mean it definitely is. It, it definitely is super difficult. Um, so yeah, that, that's something that we've you know had to walk out as well. But I do think yeah. that I do think that having having those people, um, you know, because like you said, y'all moved when we were super established, and obviously all of and you know, all of our friends here are, are, are y'all's friends now too. Right. But there also takes a willingness to get plugged in with that, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you, at least for me early on, I was like, oh man, you know, I miss my friends back in college, which is true, mm-hmm. but you also have to adapt and you have to, you know, kind of, I don't want to use the word pivot because this is such an overly used <laughs> word, but you really do have to, you know, pivot whatever synonym you could use for that yeah. um change i guess you could say uh you do. from getting out of that mindset of mm-hmm. you know what was to what is now and yes you still have those friendships but it's just not going to be as um you know maybe as intimate as as it used to be whether right, you, for sure. you saw your you saw your guy friends every day you yep. talked to them on the phone all the time because you were you know in the same your vicinity you were right. a mile to five miles hung out every, every day. day you know you yeah. saw each other every day but now it's being more intentional of calling them, you know, once a week, once a week, once every other week, once a month or whatever, but also still being um, vulnerable and willing to, you know, to join a new group mm-hmm. of community friends. Has that been exciting to you to like, to get to know like new people moving to a new spot? It has. It's been super exciting yeah. to me. Like someone mentioned this to me before I left and it really stuck with me. Like, cause I never left the town that I was in. Like, I was always known as my dad's son or yeah. Amish, you know, those kind of things. I'm like, wow, I get to go be around people that have no idea who I am. Yeah. And also, not only that, they will only know me and Freddie together, too. They yeah. won't know me as just Parker, single, or Freddie, just her. Yeah. So that's been really cool. Like, hey, just to get start fresh with yeah. people. Not that I had any kind of bad, uh-huh. anything back home, but that was really cool. Like, hey, you get to just start new, you get to meet new people, and you don't have to maybe carry some of that stuff from your from your past people that associate you with different things but yeah it's been good yeah i just had i just had this other thought because you know like you just mentioned working for your dad when you're working for your dad you traveled a bunch mm-hmm. now i'm doing stuff for buckham and you still travel a good bit um so even you know at the time when you were when you found your identity in fitness it really would be a struggle if 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 you were still in that pattern now because you know of traveling of right you know, you're not going to get in four or five sessions a week, no. you know, maybe, maybe not, but you're not going to be as disciplined as you would be, you know, typically if, if you weren't traveling. Yeah. So how do you feel like, yes, moving to a new spot, but also you know, even when you're still working for your dad in Auburn, how do you feel like you kind of got to a point where you were content um, with fitness traveling so much, but also, you know, with your faith of you might be in, you know, Orlando this week, and then you might be in St. Louis next week. You might be in Vegas, and then you mm-hmm. might be in New York. Like, how, how how have you also adapted and really just, you know, kind of learned how to also have a strong relationship with God when you're traveling so much and busy and mm-hmm. on a plane and in a hotel and those kind of things? Right. I mean, I'm just thinking as you're talking, like, I really think you just have to evaluate, evaluate like, what your why is. Okay? Yeah. Like, why do I seek God? Like, oh, it's because the most... He's the most important thing to me. I want to grow a relationship yeah. with him. He died for me. He saved me. I owe all of him. So I want to be with him in the mornings, you know. And so 
that's the most important thing to you, even when you're traveling. If I got to get up, my flight at 6 a.m., I'll get up 20 minutes earlier and read and pray or make sure I do that on the plane. Yeah. It takes intentionality, but you got. if I have my priorities straight, those things yeah. will work. Yeah. Same thing as working out. It's like, well, why do I work out? Well, like you said, if, if it's to – because I want to look great and love that, then – it's gonna you're, you'll see that come up your why come up when things get in the way. Yeah, you know, like if I'm traveling and I can't work out as much, like oh it's okay I work out because I enjoy it, it's fun. Yeah, helps me mentally. I like be, feeling in shape. I miss something. Oh well, it's not everything. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think it just it will show you what's important to you truly, yeah. and then you can hopefully yeah. live out what's really important yeah. to you. You know, same yeah. thing with your okay if your if your marriage is really important to you. And you're not going to go to the gym or do all these other things in excess that would take away from your marriage. Mm-hmm. If that's more important to you than work, than working out, yeah, than your hobbies, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you just shared like flying and like just traveling. It's funny for me. I really do have to be intentional because yeah, like you said 20 minutes before you wake up, or whatever. Because my and if if Sadie heard me say this, she would say that I was lying. <laughs> I might be uh, sort of, but when I'm flying. Like I really do bring my Bible or bring a book. Like I, yeah, I really do want to use that time on the plane to read. But more than always, I end up just watching a movie. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I struggle with like that. We're too. flying to L.A. Um, but but I guess by the time this airs, it will we've we would have already been there. Um, but I'm I'm already thinking like like I'm gonna be watching more than likely like the Avengers or some right. Marvel movie. I just like watching Marvel. A good movie. On the plane. I want to see it's on the yeah. plane. <laughs> but it's such a long flight. And it's like, man, I really could, you know, spend two hours listening to worship and reading. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, but I also want to watch a movie. I'm on, you know, I'm on a plane. It's, oh, I know, get it. I'm comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's even those things. But but like you said, it's it, it's a relationship. And it's like, you know, trying not to get to the point where it's like, God's mad at me if I choose to watch a new movie on the plane versus reading, mm-hmm. you know. And if you feel like that's maybe true... And like you said, maybe get up early before you wake up and, and read then, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if you choose to sleep in, then maybe don't watch a movie on the plane. You know, there's like, there's all these things that you can do. And I do think that it comes down to being disciplined. And at the same time, just realizing that God is what we desire most, you know, more than being physically fit, more than um, these other things like we desire to have a relationship with God. And then out of that, we choose to do these things that we know that's going to benefit that relationship. The same thing we would do mm-hmm. with our wives or our, you know, my children, your children to come in the future, you know, like we'd make these decisions based off of those relationships. Yep. It's the same with God. Like we're going to mm-hmm. be intentional and choose that as a top priority and, you know, hopefully not do things that's going to hinder that. Right. And like you said, we're not going to be perfect. Like yeah, I've no. traveled the last three weeks pretty much straight. There's been plenty of flights where yeah. I was like, I have my Bible, I have taken my Bible out, put it yeah. on the the little yeah. table there, and then just like, oh, yeah. I'm then too you, tired. Then you use it as a stand. a long day. You use it as a stand to watch your movie on your phone. <laughs> right, and how, <laughs> how terrible that sounds. But it's important like to realize that, okay, yeah. I hadn't read in two days. I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to, night before I go to bed or tomorrow, Yeah, doing that. Because like, that's a great point. When you have those disciplines in place, 
it, it, it protects you. Yeah. In a way. For sure. Well, I want to end with, you know, so obviously if you've, if you've been listening uh, throughout this whole thing, which I hope you have, I don't know why you would skip the whole thing, then you'd, you know, you'd start <laughs> listening now. Um, but Parker is one of the wisest people I know. And I really wanted to just end with, you know, a piece of advice for uh, marriage. So your best, mm-hmm. just a good piece of marriage advice and friendship advice. Because you're, um, it's actually kind of funny. I have, we both have like the best group of friends ever. Mm-hmm. And we have only made each other mad. I, I, I've always said, I've always said no times ever. But then we had a moment like a few months ago <laughs> where we both like kind of got on each other's nerves. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, this is the first time I've actually ever been annoyed at Parker. <laughs> and I was like, I think it's the first time he's I ever been annoyed that. at me. Yeah. But Parker's been like, honestly, my most consistent friend that I've ever had. And just one of my best friends. So yeah. no other fitting than to ask mm. friendship advice from you. So best marriage advice. I appreciate best, that. Best friendship advice. Man, best marriage advice for sure. One of our friends, Matt Cole from Auburn, I'll give him the credit because it's great. For marriage, he said, walk in constant forgiveness. And that is really hard to do. Yeah. I know you know that. Like yeah. Because it's not only for the, okay, bigger things, let's say, your wife just lies to you or um, is rude to you, you know, something like that. Like you actually have a reason to be mad or yeah. needing to forgive them. Or it's they left their towel in the middle of the floor or, you know, didn't do the laundry, like things yeah. that don't really matter. But those things build up in your spirit. Yeah. You know that. Like oh, it's the little sure. things, almost more than the big things. For sure. It's constant. If you walk in constant forgiveness, then you're not going to like just blow up on your spouse yeah. for, for nothing. Yeah, you know, it's it's seemingly nothing, but yeah. you got really mad because you've been yeah. holding in things for three yeah. weeks. I know, at least for us in our first year of marriage, we fought a lot, and I think that was really the root of it. Yeah, is we just held on to a lot of things that we shouldn't have mm-hmm. out of pride, thinking that we deserve something else or whatever. Yeah. But man, that's that's so hard. But yeah. when you realize that God is constantly forgiving you, yeah, I mean, it's just that mindset. It it, it helps you forgive others when yeah. you realize, man, we have been forgiven. Yeah, right. Like it's the the parable of the. The person that had been forgiven much and forgiven little, and how much different the person who had been forgiven much acted. Yeah, we're all the ones who's been forgiven much. Yeah, right. And when we realize that, we should be able to yeah give forgiveness to the person we love more than anything uh-huh. that we want. To, we should want to forgive more than we want to forgive anybody. Yeah, but it's probably the hardest thing to do. But no, for sure that like, has been that has changed our marriage. Yeah, sure. no, I mean pre pre marriage, I really never heard anyone talk like. Because it is selfishness, right? You're being selfish with your forgiveness. Everyone, right, at least most good. people I talked to, was like selfish with, you know, possessions or with time or something right, else. Right. But from at least for me, the thing I honestly struggle with is like selfish, like with forgiveness. If like if we're in an argument, and maybe I snap, like we both snap. I'm like waiting for her to apologize exactly. first, exactly. and she's waiting for me to apologize first. Like we'll both go on prayer walks and be like. God, like, make them apologize. And it's like, this is <laughs> yeah. so, like, yeah. you know. And then obviously on. five hours later, you you just have this thought of, like, that would have just saved five hours if I literally just would have been like, hey, I'm sorry I said that. But right. instead, like, you get such in your mindset of, like, no, they, they, they started. They're wrong with me. Yeah, so like, they started. They deserve that. So it's like, I really don't often hear people talk about being selfish with forgiveness mm-hmm. and, or with extending grace because – it's so sinful, like you said, with the person we love most. Then again, at the same time, like since we love the most, they also can hurt us the most, right? That's right. Or, or upset us the that most is, because there is so true. much love. Yeah. And yeah, so for those listening, extending forgiveness 
it is something super difficult. And in friendships, it's easier. At least you for me, forget it is. About it. Like, yeah. Oh, well, they yeah. piss me whatever. off. Whatever. Yeah. Just move but on. But with marriage, it really is like something that you have to fight for to to just freely get forgiveness, even if that person doesn't apologize. There's getting it's something like getting it off your chest, not for the sake of getting something in return, but just getting mm. it off your chest. That's good. Is huge, and that's honestly been something that I've really struggled with in marriage. Is like extending forgiveness on the condition of mm. feeling like I'm the one that is deserved, like feeling that I'm the one that is owed the apology. Right. You know? Definitely. No. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent. All right. There with advice. You. Friendship advice. Um, it, it may sound a little cheesy, but I would think like be the friend that you would want to have, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense of like, man, I really could use some encouragement today. Like I'll encourage somebody. Or, yeah. like, I'd really love to just go get lunch and talk about, I'm just really struggling with this or that. Like, try to hang out with somebody, be intentional with them. Yeah. Ask them about how life's really going. I mean, I'd love to be in a Bible study with a group of guys. Oh, let's go start one. You know, those kind yeah. of things. Like, not that you're trying to, not that you're trying to serve yourself ultimately, because it's not what you're trying to do. But it's the mindset of like, man, if, I know if I want this, and they probably do too. They could probably use that encouragement. They should. They could probably use accountability. They could probably use those things. So I just try to think about it in that perspective. It's yeah. like, man, I know, like, I know if I need and want these things as a friend. Yeah. This is the Bible telling me to be as a friend, then I, man, I should be intentional to do those. There you go. That's awesome. Man, well, Park, thanks so much for joining me today. If you're sure. listening, I really hope you enjoyed this. This is what I'm really hoping this season to be of just, um, you know, less interview style, more just relational, more friendship, more um, just conversational. Hope you relate to that and uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, subscribe, follow on social media and, you know, do all the, do all the things. Um, but I really hope leave, leave a good, uh, uh, review, leave a positive review. That'd be, that'd be appreciated. Uh, but really hope you enjoyed it. It's gonna be a fun season of, like I said, just sitting down, uh, hopefully in person with a bunch of my friends and just, uh, talking through life, talking through struggles that we have, and hopefully it's relatable. And if it ever doesn't seem relatable, uh, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with that, but we love you and uh, hope you all enjoy the first episode of these 4-8 Men Season 3 podcast. <laughs>